Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have sung those words. Those words are over us and over you. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord Jesus is with you right now, wherever you are. Welcome to Lake Avenue Church. Welcome to this moment of worship where we, where we come on this Palm Sunday to understand a little bit more about what God has for us. And I want to point us back really briefly to this series that we've had on love. And I think we've tried to craft it uh, as best we possibly can to give us a launching point into Easter. And so if we go back to the beginning, what you'll, what you'll see is, is a couple weeks in which we really tried to help us understand what love is, what the love of God is in our lives. We looked at John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave. We looked at, at John 10, 10. Talking about the good shepherd who cares for his sheep. Those two realities in our lives continue to remind us that we are held, we are chosen, we are invited to be a part of God's family. We stepped into ideas about faith in John. In John 13, talking about Washing the disciples' feet. What does it mean to to serve others? What does it mean to to be in obedience like we spoke about last week? These ideas of faith, of serving others and, and obeying that which Jesus has given us. And and now we take another shift. We we turn again into this idea of of now that we know that we are loved and invited, now that we know that we are supposed to serve and obey the words of God, how do we remain? How do we abide in what God has given us? And so on this Palm Sunday, we're not looking at the triumphal entry. That's John 12. You want to go back and read that on your own? Go back. Read what is the triumphal entry. We, we step into this moment where Jesus is with his disciples after Palm Sunday and before Easter where he is giving them the instructions that he has for them, the last intimate moments that Jesus has. The highlights, the most important things that Jesus wants to say to his disciples before he leaves the scene and allows his disciples to take up their crosses. And so John 15. 1 through 17, as is our 
tradition here, if you are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, And my words remain in you, and whatever you wish, it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So John 15, we come to this moment, this statement. It's actually the last of seven I am statements in John. We've covered two others previously. One, I am the door, I am the gate. In John 10, and then later in John 10, I am the good shepherd. These statements about who Jesus is are really important in John, and we come to this one, I am the true vine. I am the true vine, the true vine, meaning there at some point in time we've learned about a vine that wasn't necessarily the true vine. You can look back into Psalm 80 for that. Psalm 80 is a statement clear understanding that God was setting up a vine 
who was to be Israel. Yet what you find when you look back at the statements about vine, and even in Psalm 80, is that, is that the vine gets judged. And it gets pulled up. Gets removed because it's not doing what? Bearing fruit. Psalm 80, 8 through 19 talks about this idea that this vine that was set up in Israel was removed and judged because it's lack of fruit. And so we come to John 15 and, and Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. My father is the good gardener. My father is the one who plants this vine. Jesus goes on in verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. It's interesting what Jesus does here. The way that John writes it and recaps it for us. He removes, he cuts off, cuts out this branch that bears no fruit. In the, in the Greek, you'll, it, you'll, you'll hear this word, are. He removes, are. Takes away, are. As long as we continue to stay attached to the words of Jesus, those things that we've learned already, that we are loved, that we are invited, that we are being shepherded, that we are to, to, to serve one another, that we are to be in obedience, then we will not be are, removed, cast aside. I find it interesting that when, when I go through this, chapter 15, one of the things that, that comes up is this idea that, that we are supposed to, to remain, to, to hold on to the vine. We're supposed to grab tight, as, as, as tight as we possibly can. And what we learn in the scripture is that Jesus is saying, no, just re remain in my words. <laughs> you don't have to do anything other than remain in my words and you won't get cast off. Because you will bear fruit. Jesus goes on. While every branch that does bear fruit, the gardener prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. He prunes. More specifically, he cleans. He clears. Kathare. He removes or he cleans. He ares or kathares. It's a wordplay that we miss in the English text. He ares or kathares. 
He prunes, he cleans. When I was a kid, I, I listened to sermons around this, and it was always this weird pruning um, that was really painful. You gotta cut out all the things in your life so that you can continue to bear fruit. But, but as I've learned more about gardening, as I've learned more about what this is, it's, it's, it's taking that which has borne fruit and creating it so that it will do more of that. It's an encouragement It's a push, it's a joy, it's a keep growing in that direction. That is what you've been called to do. That's what we have been called to do as a church family, as individuals. That we would be cleaned. Why do I say cleaned? Because... That's what he says next. You are clean. You're already clean. Because of the word I've spoken to you. Because of the word that I have spoken to you. For God so loved the world. I am the good shepherd. I've washed your feet. I've Invited you to serve others. Invited you to obey these words. If you love me, you will obey what I command. He removes are, he prunes, he cleans kathare. You are katharoi, clean. You are clean because you are clean because you hear what Jesus has said and you allow that to affect the way that you walk into this world. It goes very closely with what we find in 1 John, this idea that when we love, we will be known as Jesus' disciples. Those people around you, those people in your sphere of influence will know that you are one of Christ's disciples when you love. As you love. As you continue to stay attached to that which is at the center of this story. And that is Jesus' love for you and I. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, these ones whom he's brought along for these many years to sit there, the 12 and others who may be gathered in this moment, to tell them, I have told you what I can to this moment. Continue to do what I've asked you to do and remember that I love you in all of it. I was struck when I was reading this past week, the, the whole of this discourse. It kind of goes from 
mid-chapter 13 all the way through 17, this moment that Jesus has with his disciples, Jesus is really talking to these disciples that are in this room in this moment. In, in here. Jesus prays for, for us, you and I, later. His prayer is that we would be able to access the same cleanliness, that we would be able to access the same katharoi, that we would be able to access his words and hold on to who Jesus is. Later in John 17, he prays for us that we would know the love of God like, they, like he knows the love of God so that the disciples know the love of God. Jesus prays and knows that it's different for you and I because we didn't get to sit physically with Jesus. Though he's here. Jesus is is inviting us to something so much more significant in our lives that as we go and as we love, as we serve, as we are obedient, he is inviting us to something beautifully freeing. Jesus goes on in verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me, it's because of the relationship that we have with Jesus that fruit will be born. But not only the relationship that we have with Jesus, it's the relationship that we we bear out with one another that fruit will be born. We have to engage one another in a way that says, I have the ability to walk in a way that allows Jesus' life, Jesus' words, Jesus' love, Jesus' care for others to exude through me so that I might bear much fruit. Jesus' statement here in 15.9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. This is the most explicit statement about Jesus' love for his disciples in all of Scripture. So I have loved you. I've loved you. I I love you. We gather that Jesus loves in other spaces, but this is the time when Jesus is saying to his disciples, "I've, I've loved you. So when we remain in this, We remain in Jesus' words. We remain in Jesus' love. We remain in Jesus' teaching. We allow ourselves 
the ability to stay connected. You all have one of these. Right? I got my first one about 20 years ago. And now I, I can't I can't go anywhere without it. I'll tell you what, I've got six of these at home. In little boxes, you know, you upgrade, you get a new one. And not one of them's been plugged in in the last, like, year and a half. I have, I have six phones, little computers that have phones in them. And, and not one of them is useful for anything unless it has been connected to a source of power. This is the only one that works right now. The same is true for you and I as long as we continue to connect and be utilized by Jesus, then, then we become useful in proclaiming whatever God's love is in the world. When we disconnect and, and are set aside and put away for our own purposes because we don't feel like it's, it, it's good enough anymore. We miss the opportunity to allow Jesus to use us. story for you. I last week had to go to a, um, a wedding. Um, and by had to, I mean I, they, I was the officiant, so you have to be there. People ask. And because of pandemic, it had been shifted around a couple different times, and they finally found an outdoor venue that could handle everybody and socially distanced and masked, and, you know, these are the things that we have to worry about now. It was out in the desert, and um, I, I, I got on the road to go out there for the rehearsal dinner, and I was staying the night so that I didn't have to drive back and forth. And I said, I probably should check on my hotel reservation. So I call up the hotel and just want to make sure everything's okay. And a woman answers the phone and then, you know, we start talking about my reservation. And and at one particular point in time, she said, you asked me, so, you know, what's your name? And I said, Charles. Yes, Chuck, but Charles is my name. That's how I go officially in other spaces. And she said, okay, Charles. And I was like... Because you see, Charles, Charles is the way that my my aunts speak to me, and I was I was immediately wow, I had a decision to make, and I and it took a second to make this decision, literally a second. I just was like, I should just tell her that she sounds like one of my aunts. That that was a that was a happy happenstance for me. I said. I said, wow, that, that the way that you just said my name reminds me of, of specifically my Aunt A, Aunt A's past. 
And she said, oh, I hope that's a good thing. I said, no, it's one of the, one of the best things. And in that moment of vulnerability and, and, and care, that launched us from what was supposed to be a five-minute, you know, hey, let's just make sure your reservation's all good, we know where you're going, into an hour-and-a-half conversation while I was driving out to the Palm Desert about our lives, about her nieces and nephews, the people that she cares for, her life in, in Christ and what God's done in her world. And she was sharing all this with me, not knowing that I was the officiant. <laughs> and so probably about 30 minutes into that conversation, I, she said, you know, why, why are you headed out to this meeting? You know, are these good friends of yours? I said, no, I'm the officiant. She said, oh, I knew I was talking to a pastor. And we continued on just sharing story back and forth about what God's done and what God will do. I took five minutes and I preached to her and she took 20 minutes and preached to me. And I was, I was, I was, I was full, y'all. Hour half conversation. She told me that uh, I was her first call of the day. She said, I, I had made her, made the rest of her, her time at work done. She didn't have taken any more calls. And that was a good day. I hope you're watching, Auntie Linda. Because that day was a, that moment was really helpful to me. So many times in our worlds, we feel like we have to be the people to go and do and love. And yet when we just remain in what Jesus has called us to do, sometimes Jesus sends it our way so that we can receive. See, this vine and branches thing is a give and take in our community. And we've got to give and take. We've got to allow ourselves the moment to be vulnerable in, in front of people be loved and be filled by folks we don't know. We'll never see. We'll never fully know. You are loved. John 3.16, by a good shepherd who invites you to serve others just in your life by obeying that which Jesus says, Jesus' words so that you would just abide, that you would remain over long periods of time, that we would continue to be the people of God in the world. Jesus goes on. Verse 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other.